what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina, and your co-host. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Workforce Productivity and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how's it going today? Jeff. Love being here and looking forward to today's podcast. Things are going well. You know, we're dealing with the challenges that happen day to day with the pandemic, but I feel like we're uh, working hard and making progress each day. Well, I, I know that uh, uh, the, you and I working at uh, our local community college, you know, we're trying to find the right uh, balance between uh, taking care of our students and, and protecting our students and making sure we're doing it in a safe way. And I know that, that you're spending a lot of time doing that as, as businesses in our community are, are facing those same challenges. So uh, I'm glad that you're looking safe and healthy here on our Zoom account today. Feel good. And actually very proud of our faculty and staff and students that have worked hard to come back and complete their spring classes uh, in a ver- the safest and most uh, positive environment. They've really reacted well and done everything we've asked them to do from uh, wearing masks to letting them have their temperature taken, asking questions. I think we're doing really well, but it's because our students and faculty have reacted well. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we, we live in a microcosm of uh, what's going on out in, in our community, in our state, and, and throughout the country. And mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have a sort of a special edition of our Entrepreneur Exchange today because on today's show, we're, we're very pleased that uh, our, our guest is uh, Thomas Stith, who is District Director of the North Carolina uh, District Small Business of the Small Business Administration. Uh, Director Stith, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Well, Jeff, I'm, I'm pleased to join you this morning, and Gary, thank you as well. Uh, Glad to uh, participate and, and, and want to say thank you uh, for what you're doing through the Entrepreneurship Exchange uh, there at Catawba Valley Community College. Uh, these type of uh, sessions are very important to our small businesses and I uh, just commend you for the work that you're doing in, in your area. Well, we, we, we appreciate the uh, kind words. We, we hope you still feel that way at the at the end of the podcast. We'll, we'll see how things go though. So, uh, um, we have to edit edit our remarks at by the end of the uh, podcast, right? If, only if needed. We try not to do too much editing. We don't want to put too much of a burden on our our, our friends at the Mesh Podcast Network. But uh, anyway, uh, you you come to the Small Business Administration with the you know a really varied and solid business background. You you founded your your own company, the the Michael Thomas Group. Uh, you've worked in uh, I guess with Rivermont Capital, trying to connect uh, people to investments and development opportunities, and you've also had background in government, and that you were a city councilman in, uh, in in Durham. I guess you're from Durham. Is that correct? I am. I'm a I'm a proud Durham native, uh, proud North Carolinian. Uh, so, but yeah, born and raised in in Durham, North Carolina. And and 
I hope that you weren't uh, too much tainted to be a Duke University uh, fan or anything like that, since I'm an alumnus of Chapel Hill. Well, look, we are allies. I'm a, a big Chapel Hill fan. I'm a North Carolina Central grad, but big Chapel Hill fan. But I have a, a certain affinity to Duke. My oldest daughter graduated, so it makes very interesting conversation during basketball season. We understand. Well, Duke's a great school. Um, and our, my, our associate and course, at Wake Forest University, so he tries to ignore basketball season most of the time. <laughs> we don't have a basketball program right now. We cheer for the other schools. <laughs> Uh, well, I, Gary and I also have an affinity uh, because my middle daughter is currently attending Wake Forest. So oh, uh, I have all my ACC bases covered. And my youngest is out at East Carolina. So uh, I'm, I'm we well balanced throughout the state. Yeah, well, well, my youngest daughter's at NC State. So we've got them all covered. Now. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I don't envy you in that it sounds like you're making quite the economic impact for the state coffers as well if you're putting uh, three of your kids through school at the same time. Well, I, I tell you, my wife and I say that every day. We're doing our part for North Carolina's economy <laughs> when tuition <laughs> comes to do. I assume that when, when you uh, joined the Small Business Administration, uh, none of us really anticipated some of the challenges that uh, we would be facing with the pandemic. Uh, is there anything in your work experience that sort of prepared you for what you've had to face here with uh, what's going on in the, in the state of North Carolina? Yeah, I, you know, this pandemic uh, is, is certainly a challenge for all of us. Uh, I've, I've, I've been in uh, situations where you you're in a crisis mode. Uh, one of the uh, opportunities I had is serving as chief chief of staff to the governor in North Carolina, and unfortunately uh, we had Hurricane Matthew hit, and I chaired the recovery committee uh, for Hurricane Matthew, which devastated the eastern part of our state. Um, but having said that, uh, there there has not been uh, an impact to our state, whether it's economy or to our communities that could rival what we're going through now in North Carolina. So certainly when I signed up uh, with SBA and, you know, know we have 900,000 small businesses across the state employing 1.7 million people. And uh, that was uh, certainly a challenge just looking at it as we look to start growing and expand businesses, but had no idea um, we would, uh, within a, a few months of, of joining the organization that we'd be faced with this type of crisis. Uh, for our country and our state. So I don't think anyone uh, could have been prepared. Uh, you certainly have experiences, but this is new for all of us. Well, well, I, I think that uh, the support that the, the federal government and the, the SBA have provided have had a real positive impact, you know, and, and there are some programs out there that uh, uh, got started pretty quickly to to support small businesses and try to uh, continue to provide uh, cash flowing to businesses. And uh, one of the big ones, uh, which has been uh, really well received by everybody has been the, the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, which we're sitting here uh, in late June and that program is, is sort of winding down, at least for the time being. Uh, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that program and, and how it's been going in here in North Carolina and, and uh, you know, some of the things going on that are going to make it easier for businesses to get forgiveness for some of those funds uh, that uh, have participated in the program. Yeah, the, the Paycheck Protection Program has been one of the key responses uh, from SBA. Uh, it 
Uh, and as you mentioned, it was a program that was passed as a part of the uh, CARES Act on March the 27th. And within a week, uh, SBA launched it. And, and that's just unheard of. The first round of funding was $349 billion. And um, within a few weeks, 14 days actually, uh, SBA did 14 years worth of lending. Uh, and that is what prompted the second round of funding for PPP. But the key component of the Paycheck Protection Program is very important for our small business community. It provides not only financial assistance mm -hmm. to help retain jobs and retain employees uh, and some uh, percentage for uh, general operating expenses, uh, but most importantly, it has a forgivable clause that if funds are dedicated um, now at least 60% uh, toward payroll, 40% toward other allowable expenses, that will qualify for forgiveness. And in many cases, that could be the entire loan or a large percentage of the loan. So here in North Carolina, what, what that has translated into with both rounds of funding is over $12 billion of financial assistance uh, reaching uh, over 116,000 small businesses in the state. So it has been a key component uh, of recovery uh, we're continuing to recover, uh, and I would just say, you know, we, we're looking at a June 30th uh, timeline for at least this round uh, to end. Uh, we have over $100 billion remaining, so these last few days, we're really supporting small businesses uh, if they haven't applied to apply uh, so that they can benefit from this significant uh, initiative. Well, and, and I think there have been some really positive uh, adjustments that uh, that that you and, and the government have made as this program is, has gone on. When the, when the second round of funding came through, I think that the, the, the number of lenders that could participate in it expanded to include some of the, the FinTech companies and some of the community uh, uh, lenders. And as you said, the, uh, the, the forgiveness components also been modified a bit that make it uh, even easier for small businesses to uh, to get that forgiveness piece of it. There have, and, and there have been adjustments throughout the implementation. Um, it, first and foremost, we wanted to ensure as an agency that uh, all small businesses had access to funds. So in the second round of funding, there was a $60 billion allocation uh, to smaller asset size uh, financial institutions. Uh, the thought there was that they would be more engaged with the smaller businesses and nonprofits are eligible as well. Um, and then on, on June the 5th, there was a passage of the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act. And so this uh, extended the time period uh, that funds could be expended from eight weeks to 24 weeks. Uh, and we called the cover period uh, for review of for full forgiveness. Uh, there, there also was uh, the ability to change the percentage, 60-40 uh, now, uh, payroll costs and uh, other allowable expenses versus 75 uh, payroll costs and 25% for expenses. And also a longer term for those funds that may not be forgiven, extended to five years. And all of these uh, adjustments uh, came directly from the small business community and, and SBA listening as we implemented this initiative uh, to provide flexibility, to provide uh, access to smaller uh, community-based lenders, fintech organizations, as you mentioned, uh, with, with the goal of making a more distributed uh, opportunity for small businesses. 
Uh, and we are seeing that the average loan size now is down to $110,000. The first round, it was well over $200,000. Uh, and Jeff, as you mentioned, the, uh, the amount of lenders participating in this program is well over 5,000 lenders now across the country. Uh, so we, we've seen um, you know, just a, a, a good response and benefit from, from this initiative. I know that um, they're, they're recently have come out with some, uh, also some, some adjustments to the, the form and the process for actually securing the forgiveness that seem to make it somewhat easier for sole proprietors or, or some of the Schedule C type uh, businesses as well. So, so it looks like that's sort of out there as well and don't know if there might be a future adjustments to that uh, to make it easier. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, we, we used to joke early on, it's like uh, building the airplane while you're literally flying. And we're, we're still experiencing that as well. And, and with the forgiveness uh, component, uh, that application, uh, because of the Flexibility Act, uh, was greatly streamlined. There will be additional guidance uh, coming uh, forth now that the period has expanded. Uh, uh, because several businesses were coming up on that eight-week threshold, but now they have the opportunity to go to 24 weeks if they desire. So there will be continued guidance to help simplify the forgiveness process because the goal is uh, to make these, uh, these loans available and to incentivize in, uh, businesses to maintain their employees. So we want them to utilize the forgiveness clause uh, so it does uh, provide that financial uh, benefit that is intended from the app. So, so now Gary and I talked to, to local businesses about some of this stuff. So, I'm, so while we while we have you on our podcast, I'm going to make sure that I'm not giving out <laughs> bad advice here. In that, um, uh, the forgiveness element for the PPP loan is really specific to payroll and some very specific overhead costs, rent, utilities, and, and associated costs like that. If for some reason a business is not able to have all of that loan forgiven, uh, it rolls into is it a is it a one percent interest loan? The balance would roll into a one percent interest loan, which is pretty darn cheap money. Yeah, it's that's hard to find. Um, yeah. And and you're correct. It's one percent interest, and if it's a loan that was um, executed before June the fifth, that the balance would be at a two year term at one percent. After June 5th, uh, those loans are automatically five years. Any difference in, in forgiveness, five years and 1% interest. Uh, now, those earlier loans, if the lender and borrower agree uh, together uh, for an extension to five years, they can do that as well. Um, but you're correct. 1% uh, interest on a, on a balance at either two to five years uh, is certainly uh, extremely competitive. Or I assume the, the, the borrower has the option of if, if they have or if they're unable to get all of the forgiveness, they could just repay the balance uh, at the end of the forgiveness period and not have to worry about any additional fees if they so chose. Yeah, correct. There's, there's not a penalty for early uh, uh, payment of the loan. So that could be an option as well. Uh, and and you, you make a good point. Uh, depending on the business, they have to assess what's best for them strategically. Uh, so uh, what we found is give general advice, but the final decision is in the hands of the small business. 
Well, and, and, and I just like to, you know, people ask me about it, I say, you know, you're not going to get much better deal than 1%. You know, when I borrow money from Gary, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like 15%. He's always threatening to break my kneecaps. So I have to keep my eye on Gary. I, I, I took him as a, a good guy, but I see he has a little side hustle we need to be aware of here. <laughs> he, he often no, wears I'm, black. I'm not too he, tough, actually. Well, the, you know, I think the PPP has really been a pillar in, in supporting the, the business community during this period of time. The other uh, major program that SBA has been involved with has been the uh, uh, EIDL or Economic Impact Disaster Loan, which you know, had some bumps in the road in, when it got started, but that's also been reopened for, for businesses. And that that to me, that's also a pretty pretty good opportunity at pretty uh, you know pretty darn reasonable interest rates. And can can you sort of help us distinguish what that is and, and where businesses might consider using the EIDL piece of it? Sure. And actually, the economic injury disaster loan was the first response uh, uh, from SBA to COVID nineteen. Uh, North Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately we. We're, we're experienced with natural disasters, whether it's a hurricane in our eastern part of the state, uh, fires in our western part of the state, or storms uh, during throughout the Piedmont. And so on March the 18th, uh, North Carolina received full declaration from SBA Administrator Jovita Carranza declaring the entire state a disaster. And that made small businesses and nonprofit gave them the ability to apply. And this loan, in contrast to the Paycheck Protection Program loan, is a direct loan from SBA. Uh, so there was there's an online portal that uh, small businesses uh, can apply to for economic injury disaster loan. And these loans are designed to help with general operating uh, expenses. Uh, and um, it is a 30-year term at 3.75% for small businesses. 2.75% for nonprofits. But one of the key components uh, that came a, a part of the March 27th CARES Act was an emergency advance. So not only can a small business be considered for a full uh, idle loan, uh, they can also in the application process elect to be considered for emergency advance up to $10,000. And, and the rule of thumb is $1,000 per employee up to $10,000, and it's a grant. Uh, it's it's uh, not a loan, uh, so businesses receive that uh, if approved early in the uh, idle review process. Um, again, the program was launched on March the 18th, and, and candidly, we had just overwhelming response, and you did have uh, some bumps in the road, and we're still paving some of those streets now, um, but you have seen over $2 billion, almost $3 billion uh, to around 44,000 businesses here in North Carolina through the idle, uh, full idle loan. The advanced is over, well over $300 million uh, to 90, a little over 90,000 businesses in the state. So while it has um, been a program that was you know, just significantly utilized initially, we're starting to see the results again. Uh, between the advance and the, the full idle loan, over $3 billion uh, to small businesses in the state. And um, it is ongoing. There was a pause uh, just because of the demand and limited uh, funds. It received an, another round of funding. Uh, it reopened initially 
uh, for agriculture concerns. Uh, they were approved to participate. And then within the last couple of weeks, uh, the, the portal to SBA is opened again for all uh, small businesses um, and, and new applications. If you've already applied, there's no need to reapply. And so that is an ongoing initiative. And we encourage businesses to take a look at that. While it's the, the idle, uh, the loan itself is just that alone, very uh, uh, competitive terms. Uh, and again, the, the potential for an emergency advance grant is uh, beneficial as well. If someone is applied uh, and received a PPP loan, uh, you know, and they're out there a month from now, are they still el are they eligible to apply for the idle loan at that point in time? Very good question. And, and one component of that we, we've been wrestling with here uh, lately, but you are able to, as a small business, to apply and receive both. Uh, you just, as a small business, you cannot use the proceeds for the same use. Uh, so an idol is really, um, uh, well, the PPP is really designed uh, to utilize for payroll or incentivize because of the forgiveness clause to use for payroll. Uh, but you can also, uh, with the idol, the recommendation is to use it for other costs and other operating expenses. Uh, the, the issue that, uh, uh, that some businesses have to also factor in if they receive both and they also receive the advance, uh, the amount of the advance uh, at forgiveness on the PPP is deducted because they're, they're utilized for payroll uh, mm -hmm. or the intent is. So uh, while you are eligible for both, you just cannot use the proceeds uh, for the same use. And, and strategically for small businesses, uh, as you mentioned, as we're going through a phase reopening, uh, you may have a business that received a PPP, have not fully reopened or not been able to clearly, even if they reopen, it's at a reduced um, capacity. If, if you look at a restaurant or some of our other service industries, then an idle may be something to consider as well uh, from a strategic point of view. And, and as far as the, the idle loan goes, are there restrictions on what those funds can be used for? Can they be used for working capital and, and you know, are, are there things that they shouldn't be used for? Yeah, th those are the, the general operating expenses, working capital. Um, also, uh, as mentioned, it can be used uh, for payroll, uh, but you, again, you have to ensure that you don't have a, a duplication of uses if you have a PPP as well. Um, other general operating expenses would be utility costs, rent and lease payments. Uh, so the idle is designed to provide the much needed general operating um, expense uh, coverage for a small business. If, if Gary and I wanted to do like a, an entrepreneur exchange strategic planning meeting in the Bahamas, would something like that be okay? Or would, would that not I, be? I, I tell you, you and Gary, you started off nice, nice guys, but some of these... <laughs> Some of these strategy issues you have between the loan sharking <laughs> and these off offshore jaunts, well, that's I would not recommend. To the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that, that's my favorite place. So I'm tempted to say sure, but just make sure you invite me as, a, right. as an advisor. All right, <laughs> counseling. But, yeah, right. but I, I would caution, uh, my, my official response would be, I would caution against offshore trips. Uh, <laughs> it, it is your, your basic, uh, uh, pre-existing <laughs> operating expense such as payroll and uh, uh, accounts payable, those type things. 
I think Bahamian uh, jaunts would be frowned upon by the uh, Inspector General's office. All right, fair enough. Rightly so, Jeff. Okay, all right. Uh, cancel that. I guess we're going to have to go to Valdez again, uh, Gary. There you go. Our, that might be better. <laughs> 10 miles down the road will be good. But we'll exactly. keep it in state. So, um, uh, Director Stith, are there other, you know, SBA traditionally has uh, a lot of other loan programs from the 7A program and 504 loans. I mean, how... Uh, have have there been adjustments to those programs to support businesses uh, during this period of time as well? That's a very good point, Jeff. And and one initiative that was passed along with the CARES Act uh, is the the debt debt relief uh, program. And what that does for existing small businesses that that uh, have a seven A loan, which is a, a general operating type loan, that's a traditional SBA. Um, a product that uh, is, is made through the lender but guaranteed by SBA uh, or a 504, which is typically for uh, machinery and equipment or, or capital purchases. Uh, the debt relief initiative will provide six months worth of principal and interest payments paid by SBA. Therefore, the, the existing small business loan holder uh, has a six month window where they're not required uh, to pay principal and interest on their loan. So that has been We've, we've seen small businesses, uh, existing S SBA loan holders, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, those traditional programs, and I've started talking with our small business community, and in, in particular recent conversations with the lending community, that those traditional products now are, 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 should be considered as a part of a go-forward strategy, and particularly with the 7A loan, that gives uh, a, a very attractive uh, loan uh, for operating expenses that businesses, if they're not an existing 7A customer, may, may want to pursue. So those type products will still be available as we continue to, to come out of uh, this, the, this phase of the pandemic. It's always seemed to me that one of the, the biggest misconceptions from, from people out there about the SBA is that the, the the SBA is really not a lender, I guess, from, you know, with, with the exception of the, the economic injury uh, piece of it, uh, which, you know, we, we, we hope is our unusual situations, but it's not like someone goes to, it's not like you've got like a magical bucket of money under your desk that you're handing out to people uh, for SBA loans. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I have a few people when I was uh, first appointed in September of last year, they say, well, great. Uh, I'll come by and just pick up my check knowing that you're, you're going to arrive. And I said, well, you're coming to the wrong place. You need to go to your lender. Uh, and, and you're right. Uh, early in SBA's uh, history, there, there actually were more direct loans uh, outside of the uh, disaster loan initiative. But uh, SBA's role in lending now is obviously uh, having a cadre of lenders that are SBA approved, for lack of a better word. Um, and SBA in, in turn will guarantee the loan between 75, 85%, depending on the type loan. And this really provides uh, the lender, while you, you, you still need to be uh, lender ready as a small business when you go through a 7A process, in many cases, that guarantee provides the lender that extra uh, uh, comfort level or bit of information to provide the loan to the small business. Having that guarantee from SBA, the federal government, uh, is, is, is our role now, in our role being SBA, 
in the lending process. So we have um, numerous lenders uh, that work with uh, our SBA 7A 504 uh, bridge loan, you know, those type of initiatives to provide access to capital to our small business community. Yeah, to me, that's always one of the big misconceptions there. Are there, are there things that, that you've discovered about the SBA that um, surprise you or that you didn't know before you uh, uh, got into your current position? The, the surprising thing to me, although I uh, knew SBA was a, a key partner uh, with the small business community, uh, but just the depth and breadth of additional resources that are available uh, either directly with SBA, whether you're talking about federal contracting, uh, you know, soon after I got on board, the, the year-end total for federal contracting to small businesses in North Carolina was over $2 billion. So SBA uh, plays a vital role in working with the small business community to access opportunities with the federal government. Obviously, the, the lending component, uh, as we just discussed with our various uh, 7A or 504 programs, and the technical assistance that in many cases is free of charge uh, through small business centers, such as you have there at Catawba Valley, um, our, our, our partners with the Small Business Technology Development Centers, the Women Business Centers, SCORE. Uh, so it was uh, a little eye-opening to me just to see uh, the resource partners across North Carolina. There's a Veterans Business Opportunity Center in Fayetteville uh, that is partially funded by SBA. Uh, so realizing the depth and breadth of resources that we could bring to bear to support the small business ecosystem in the state was uh, a pleasant surprise that there was multiple partners that we could utilize as we work to you know, help businesses start, grow, and expand. Yeah, I, I think people don't always understand how many resources are out there from, from small business centers at community college, from some the small business and technology development centers that are affiliated with the university system, the women's resource centers. I mean, there's a lot of uh, support out there for, for businesses. And sometimes we have to do a better job of uh, uh, trumpeting ourselves to make sure that uh, people can, can access us and, and, and find us. So uh, we, we appreciate that. So, so we sort of get get uh, you know throw one last question at you and you know that uh, you know we're, we're taping this on Friday, June 26, and our, our state governor Governor Cooper um, announced earlier this week that uh, because of increasing coronavirus cases that uh, we're we're sort of going to put a little hold on our reopen at this point in time, and there are certain businesses that are still. You know, fitness centers and, and bars that are unable to reopen and, and, you know, really requesting that folks wear masks in public places. Um, not sure what, uh, what the future looks like and that it's, it's not like uh, this goes away next week. You know, we're going we're gonna to continue sort of slogging through this and trying to figure it out as we go. Um, you have any sense of whether there's additional support coming down the pipeline. I know the EIDL is going to be out there. And I think, uh, you know, particularly once that PPP window closes, I think we'll probably be talking to a lot of our small businesses about that as an option. But uh, your crystal ball have any, uh, any anything uh, that, that it sees that might be coming down to support businesses beyond that? We, we can make some news here, you know? We, <laughs> we could probably make some news. It might not be for my advantage if I start predicting <laughs> what's going to happen next. Uh, 
the biggest news may be I'm not with you all anymore. <laughs> if I guess if I guess it wrong, uh, I will say though that there's uh, uh, very significant discussions going on in Washington now with uh, our congressional uh, uh, side of the house and SBA and Treasury uh, and the administration in general on what will be the next uh, strategy to continue support small businesses. There's been uh, discussions about another round of Paycheck Protection Program that may be modified and more targeted uh, and, and various other uh, proposals that are being reviewed. So uh, at this point, uh, the crystal ball says we're going to have to wait for the uh, sausage to get made in Washington before we can uh, uh, have a, a clearer idea of what may be next. But what's encouraging to me also, you know, as we mentioned significant amount of financial support in North Carolina, if you add it all up, you know, around a little over $15 billion between PPP and, and the IDLE initiative here in the state. Uh, and so that's been clearly helpful and supportive of our small businesses. But what, and it goes a little bit to your previous question, you know, a pleasant surprise, but not really surprised is I talk with small businesses across North Carolina and our resource partners. What we're also seeing is the spirit of our entrepreneurs and small business owners throughout the state. Uh, they are resilient. Uh, they are pivoting as, as the economy has pivoted and changed. And uh, everyone is realizing we're not going back to where we were, you know, three, four, five, six months ago. It's going to be a different economy, regardless of when we get to a full, quote, open economy. And our, our small businesses community are adjusting to that. Uh, you have small manufacturers that used to make hosiery, and now they're making masks. Uh, you have um, uh, beauty product companies that used to make uh, uh, you know, beauty products. Now they're making hand sanitizer because they understand you know, how to uh, and have the equipment for that chemical makeup. So Correct. what's also going to happen as we move forward uh, is our small business community is going to lead the way. They are not uh, discouraged while these are challenging times. They're showing the spirit of entrepreneurship and small business ownership that I believe really distinguishes North Carolina. And um, uh, that's gonna be a critical part of what's next, You know, just the vibrancy and resiliency of our small business community. We've been a benefactor of masks and hand sanitizers at the college when we were really grasping for getting those supplies so we could open up our classes. It was our small businesses that helped come to the table to make masks for us and sanitize. So we can speak firsthand that uh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, great, great. That's, uh... well, 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 Director Steth, we really, we appreciate uh, you joining us today. And, and I, 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 we, we thank you for the leadership that you've shown. I, you know, this is, I, I, I've seen you, um, uh, participate in, in some some stuff with our downtown development association here in Hickory and and um, uh, you know, working with our small business center network know that you've been um, you've been working hard throughout this whole process and we do appreciate you spending time with us and, and appreciate your leadership as you've gone through this yeah you know, when we have our guests on we, we sort of like to to also do a little bit of a, a, a fun lightning round are you, you <laughs> 
fun, quick okay. for us. You may have scared him with your first couple of comments. No, no. Yeah, I think I'm getting ready to have a connection problem. <laughs> what did well, you say? What did you say? <laughs> just, to, just if we lose you, we'll lose you. But uh, you know, we'll, try not, we'll try not to get you. Yeah, you, you, you avoided the whole Duke question so artfully. I think you'll do fine. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so we're going to give you some quick questions, and you give us your gut reaction. I think I'm going to. I, I can almost predict the answer to your first question, to my first right. question. So, so here's the first question: When you take your first post-pandemic vacation, where will you go? <laughs> You're exactly right. The Bahamas. Where we're we going to have our retreat? There, there we go. <laughs> You, you, we have to hold plan off on for the next phase. <laughs> okay, you're, you're going to hold off on the Valdez, and you're, you're, when we go to the Bahamas, we should call. Right. You. Yeah, okay. we, we're going to we're going to do post planning in the Bahamas. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. What is your favorite quarantine comfort food? Oh my goodness. Um, I guess tostillo chips. <laughs> that Whatever explains gets you the extra 12 to 15 pounds I've gained. I've, I've, okay. I've been eating chips. <laughs> who, who, what's your preference, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or Jeff Bezos? Wow, Steve Jobs. I guess I'd have to go with Bezos. He's, I, from logistics, he's got it going on, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, shelter-in-place TV or movie streaming recommendations? Ah, I did just watch, um, let's see, what would I recommend? Um, <laughs> one that I've just started watching. I don't want to recommend that one. Uh, I may, I, look, what was the question? I think I'm having connection problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not, we're not gonna let you go R-rated on us and get you in trouble here, so. <laughs> Our, our last question is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, if I could have one superpower. Huh. I think just to continue to enhance uh, my, uh, my strength and stamina, I, I re my reward is service. And if you kind of look at my career while I've been both in public and private sector, it has focused on serving the communities uh, that I'm engaged with or, or the state. So. Uh, to get a, a little more strength and, and stamina, uh, to continue to provide service to, to North Carolina. Uh, I, that's, that's, uh, that's my reward. And I think we all have a calling. Um, and I've had that discussion with my daughters here lately as they look at their career and what path they want to choose in life. Uh, but I think we're blessed with certain callings. And for me, it's service. So to have the, con the strength to continue, continue this journey and, and uh, to look back and be able to say, you know, I, 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 I made a difference in help people. Well, that, that's, that's the sort of answer that we would expect from someone that can say nice things about Duke, Chapel Hill, Wake Forest, and, and, and all the above. So, so you, you, you survived our lightning round very, very well. Congratulations. So well, that's the best answer sure. we've ever had for that question. Yes, yes. Seriously, that was a wonderful answer. So we, we always like to wind up our, our uh, podcast by by highlighting some some small businesses that uh, uh, we've we've come across in our in our travels. Uh, uh, Director Stith, any any you're welcome to throw one out there, or, or don't want to put you on the spot, but any, any small businesses? I know you deal with so many of them. Anything that uh, you, you want to highlight? Yeah, I, I will just highlight our small business. Is it our small businesses? Period. As I say, as I as I engage uh, with uh, our owners and entrepreneurs from 
uh, the coast to the mountains. I am just in awe of their resiliency, their commitment to, to not quit. Uh, and it is just refreshing. And that, that's a part of what keeps me going and, you know, keeps my superpower, <laughs> uh, you know, well charged is just knowing that um, they're looking at ways uh, to continue their business. And, and in many cases, it's not, uh, you know, obviously we all need to earn a living and me in particular with three daughters. Well, one is out and on her own, but two still in college. So I understand it's an economic question. But for these small businesses, it's also a community question because they're employing the folks uh, that live in our neighborhoods, they're located in our neighborhoods. So it's a community issue as well. And just as I engage and see how they are not quitting, uh, they're looking for strategies to continue to grow and, and, and you know, expand their companies. I just tip my hat to our small business community in general. Well, well, if, if folks want to uh, connect to uh, the Small Business Administration for, for support, for resources, where should they be looking? I would, I would first, uh, you, you have two choices. Certainly, I'm, I'm partial to the North Carolina District Office. And so that's uh, sba.gov forward slash NC, sba.gov forward slash NC. Uh, the, the national website for SBA is even shorter, sba.gov. Uh, SBA.gov. So uh, either site provides very critical information uh, and, and just encourage uh, uh, folks to utilize SBA. It's a valuable resource. We have tremendous uh, partners in the market. As I mentioned, uh, the work you're doing there at Catawba Valley Community College is a part of the ecosystem SBA uh, tries to be a part of and is a part of. So I would just uh, have folks uh, either check with the district office or, or our national office. Super, super. Well, well, thank you so much. And we're going to, I know Gary and I have a couple of small businesses that we're going to share. So Gary, what's your, what's your small business uh, this month? Well, thanks, Jeff. My small business for the month is Burton Farms General Store in Conover, North Carolina. It opened in March of 2019 and it is Catawba County's first and only certified road farm market. I didn't know we even certified farm markets, but I learned that in my little research. It's owned by Jonathan and Lisa Burton from Vail. They run the store as well as their own farm. They sell food that you would expect, fresh produce, local meats, jams, jellies, ham cakes, although I'm not sure what that is, uh, but some really good things. I was actually there yesterday. And like I said, it's just what I would expect, but it's even much, much more. When you walk into the store, it looks and feels like an old time general store and very clean and very, it was very healthy when I walked in there which is a little bit unusual for me because I'm always eating candy and drinking Cokes. Uh, but it, it was good for me to go through it. Uh, they also have a gift section along with the foods and gifts. They carry fertilizer, lime, mulch. It's kind of like a little Walmart, but it looks a little bit uh, fun, more fun to walk through. They have products from the Amish country in Ohio. Uh, in the spring, they bring out in-season plants and flowers. And they also, uh, which is on their front yard, uh, lots of yard decorations from pink pigs to zebras. That's why I'm bringing this up for you, Jeff, so you can be thinking about six-foot roosters, even a eight-foot pink uh, flamingo. So if you need that for your yard, I mean, tons of them, not just a few, <laughs> lots of them. Uh, the front yard catches your eyes as you go by. They've got folks that come from all across North Carolina uh, to participate in their activities and see the different things they're putting out on the front yard. 
They also have Easter egg hunts, they're bringing specialty food trucks, and even wine tasting. I get to notice this because I drive by it every day going to CVCC and then of course coming home. Uh, it's the biggest success I've seen. I mean, small businesses, you know, have uh, been resilient as Director Stith said, uh, this one's doing extremely well. It's, it's wall to wall people, although they are social distancing, I will say that, make sure that we know that they're doing it right. Uh, but they have a lot of people there just coming to see the things that they've got. It seems like a, a place to be in Catawba County. So I wish them well. Okay, super. Well, thank you for sharing that one. So, so yeah, I was looking, I, I, I sort of assumed that, that uh, during difficult economic times, there are going to be businesses that start that sort of can find opportunities and, and that there are just going to be some changes out in the marketplace. So I was, when I was searching for a business to highlight this month, I was sort of doing some some research on the internet. And you know, one of the things that, that I've seen as a real challenge over the last few months has been the fact that it's sometimes been difficult to find toilet paper. You know, and that uh, made me very, very nervous uh, a few months ago. It seems to, the situation seems to be improving and improved. So it's not keeping me up at night, but I don't know how I came across this company, but I, I came across a company called Tushy, T-U-S-H-Y, and they make uh, bidets that you can attach to your toilet in approximately 10 minutes. Yeah, and I will be perfectly honest, I've never used a bidet, you know, and that's a <laughs> way that you can uh, clean yourself uh, without using toilet paper or using a very minimal amount of toilet paper. It was founded by uh, a woman, uh, Nikki Agrawal in 2015, uh, who just was looking for a affordable bidet attachment that, uh, and, and uh, she, after making a trip uh, overseas to India, she uh, really became committed to it. And uh, she actually uh, has created a corporate give back program that uh, provides one family in India with access to clean community toilets by partnering with a, a company there as she sells her products. She has a classic model that you can install, install in your own toilet in 10 minutes. It fits all standard toilets doesn't require electricity or plumbing, just unscrew the toilet seat, put the, their tushy on, connect it to water, you're done, $89. They have other products such as uh, uh, a premium product that uh, brings warm water into the mix in case that's something that you would prefer. Uh, an ottoman for proper foot placement while you're doing your business. They also have a mobile product, which I really don't even think I wanna know much about that one. But anyway, it's uh, just sort of an interesting business uh, that, you know, if you're concerned about not being able to get toilet paper, something you might want to consider as you go forward. So you can check them out at hellotushy.com. So that's pretty amazing, Jeff. Your research staff is amazing at the things that they can find. I'm just glad that uh, you and the community college will pay for my my research staff to do this this important work that they're doing. So thank you very much for that. So. If any of our listeners, if you've got uh, suggestions for our small business of the month, you can email them to us at eexchange at the mesh.tv. And if we use your uh, suggestion, go get an entrepreneur exchange prize pack. 
Well, Trisha, you'd be a sponsor for next month's podcast. What's that, Tushy? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, they'll probably get the uh, Entrepreneur Exchange Bounce, which uh, I, many, many of the businesses we highlight get. And, and I suspect uh, Director Stith is going to get hopefully a lot of positive comments from being with us today as well. So hopefully he'll still be uh, gainfully employed uh, next month as well. We're, we're hopeful. Anyway. Yeah. Director Stith, we really want to thank you for joining us today on the Entrepreneur Exchange. It's been a pleasure. And yes, thank you so much. No, well, it was certainly my pleasure. Uh, Jeff and Gary, I'm glad to join you today. Uh, and then uh, the discussion was certainly timely and welcome the opportunity to come back at any point. Uh, as long as, look, as long, long as I'm able, we'll, we'll see how the, uh, <laughs> the response goes. <laughs> Well, we, we, we appreciate your work and we, we, we hope that you will continue to do that. We want to thank you. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network for hosting it. You should go to the mesh.tv and check out uh, all the cool podcasts that they've got out there. Uh, you know, we'll be back next month. We uh, uh, want everyone to, to get out there, wear your mask, stay socially distant, but uh, let's, let's, we'll keep moving forward and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Uh, next month on the Entrepreneur Exchange. Take care. Take care. Be safe. listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.